Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Listeners, I am your host, Pastor Alex, and we are back at it this week with a bonus episode. Um, I I think we've kind of moved past the framework of bonus. This is now really kind of an ingrained series. Uh, bonus episodes really are just topical guest shows and things that we've you know tackled throughout the time, which. We will have some in the future. I'm going to be working on uh, a particular episode with Thomas um, from Redeemed Meditations, and we're going to look at uh, Fatherhood Part Two. So that's coming. Uh, we haven't. We just started preliminarily planning that out, but uh, you know, I think we've kind of you know moved past the bonus structure on this because these are going to come at you weekly uh, until we work through all of the topic uh, all the content that we have on this topic so uh, last week we worked through article 6 through 16 in the Augsburg confession again i implore you if you uh, have not listened to any of the prior ones please go back and listen all the way back to the entry to lutheran theology where we start to break down what uh, this content is going to look like, and then uh, obviously listen then on forward because uh, most most of what you'll hear in this episode and going forward probably won't make sense if you haven't listened to the prior ones. So that's my little you know warning to you to go ahead and just stop listening to this and go back uh, to prior shows. Uh, so we, we, let's get into the content cause we're going to try to work through as much as we can. We've got, um, kind of two sections we're going to get through today, uh, hit the rest of the articles and the, uh, the articles of faith and doctrine. And then we're going to get on to the matters of dispute in which an account has been given of the abuses, which have been corrected. Uh, so we've got, um, a few articles in here that we're going to work through. And then is, if we get through it all in today's frame, then t- next week we will dig into the apology where we will dig through these articles a little bit more deep. Uh, we probably won't hit on some of them as much as others because we want to, 
again articulate what Lutherans believe on certain things. So uh, we'll probably glance at God. We'll probably dig into original sin. Probably glance at Christ, but we'll dig into justification. So those types of things and the church, baptism, the Holy Supper. Um, we might make a whole show series just out of baptism and the Holy Supper. And uh, so we'll do a show just on the sacraments that might kind of be a standalone from the uh, this little series we're going to the uh, Book of Concord on. Because uh, I also want to make sure that when we do that, it is in contrast to the Reformed thinking and how they uh, view the Lord's Supper and take that on. So that is that um let's get into the content at hand we have uh, article now 17 this is the return of christ to judgment again if you are interested in a uh, eschatology go back and listen to my whole series on uh, eschatology going all the way back to i believe last oh no august of 2020 because i did uh, the whole show went through 2021 yep so august of 2020 is when we dropped that and then we went on about 50-some weeks worth of eschatology. So uh, this is what the Augsburg Confession says. This is Article 17. It says, It is also taught among us that our Lord Jesus will return on the last day for judgment, and he will raise up all of the dead to give, a, to give eternal life and everlasting joy to believers and to the elect, but to condemn ungodly men and the devil to hell and eternal punishment. Rejected, therefore, are the Anabaptists who teach that the devil and condemned men will not suffer eternal pain or torment. There's a, uh, a view, it's called annihilationalism, where they believe that people will uh, just be, you know, cease to exist. Um, then there's another view that um, men will, this is actually really kind of a common, interesting, uh, I would probably pin it as heresy but they will only uh, and, and actually you know what it is it is heresy because it's going to fall into the camps of universalism uh, they will suffer for a period of time and then that suffering will make them pure and then they will go on and be with christ for eternity which is not the case scripture doesn't tell us that rejected too are certain jewish opinions in which uh, are even now making an appearance and which teach that before the resurrection of the dead, saints and godly men will possess a worldly kingdom and annihilate all the godless. So those are some of the rejected views. Again, we'll dig into that a little bit deeper when we hit to the apology. Uh, article 18, freedom of the will. It is also taught among us that men possesses some measure of freedom of the will, which enables him to live an outwardly and honorable life and to make choices among the things that our uh, reason comprehends. But without grace, help, and the activity of the Holy Spirit, man is not capable of making himself acceptable to God, of fearing God and believing in God with his whole heart, or of expelling inborn evil lusts from his heart. This is accomplished by the Holy Spirit who is given through the word of God. For Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, natural man does not receive the gifts of the spirit of God. In order that it may be evident that, his, that this teaching is no novelty, the clear words of, the Augustine on free, of Augustine on free will here are quoted in his, uh, one of his books, Hypognosticism. Uh, we concede that all men have free will for all have a natural inherent understanding and reason. 
However, this does not enable them to act in the matters pertaining to God, such as loving God with their whole heart or fearing him. For it is only in the outward acts of this life that they have freedom to choose good and evil. By good, I mean that they are capable of by nature, whether or not to labor in the fields, whether or not to eat and drink or visit with a friend, whether to dress or undress, whether to build a house, take a wife, engage in a trade or do whatever else may be good or profitable. None of these is or exists without God, but all things are from him and through him. But on the other hand, by his own choice, man can also undertake evil as when he wills to kneel before an idol or commit murder, etc. The 19th article, the cause of sin. It is taught among us that although my almighty God has created and still preserves nature, yet sin is caused in all wicked men and despisers of God by the perverted will. This is the will of the devil in all of ungodly men. As soon as God withdraws his support, the will turns from God to evil. Just as Christ says in John 8, 44, when the devil lies, he speaks according to his own nature. Article 20, faith and good works. This is a little bit of a long one, so bear with me. It's probably the longest. Actually, these are uh, going to get in these last two. The cult of the saints is going to be uh, a little bit longer too. So bear with me here as I read through this uh, faith and good works. Our teachers have been falsely accused of forbidding good works. Again, I want to phrase this, that uh, this, the, this confession was written kind of in a political construct. It was to, um, to be presented to the rulers in Germany and to the surrounding nations and, and providences and whatever else is existing then. But it was written not necessarily like a confession of faith, such as like the uh, Baptist articles or the Westminster articles are written, but this was written uh, as almost as a defense because there was a lot of misconceptions. And so this is why this uh, particular article opens with our teachers have been falsely accused of forbidding good works. So please go back and listen to the uh, kind of the history on the Augsburg and, and, and all that, because we dig into that kind of the premise of why this article, this confession was written. Uh, there are writings of the Ten Commandments and other writings as well show that they have been good and profitable accounts and instructions concerning true Christian estates and works. About these little was taught in former times for the most part sermons were concerned with the childish and useless works of rosaries, the cult of saints, the monastic pilgrimages, appointed feasts, and fasts and holy days and brotherhoods, etc., etc. Our opponents no longer praise these useless works so highly as they once did, and they have also learned how to speak now of faith about which they do not preach at all in former times. They do not teach now that we become righteous before God by our works alone, but they add faith in Christ and say that faith and works make us righteous before God. This teaching may offer little more comfort than the teaching that we are to rely solely on our works. Since the teaching about faith, which is the chief article of the Christian life, has been neglected so long as we 
all must admit, while nothing but works is preached everywhere, our people have been instructed as followed. We believe by teaching that our works cannot reconcile us to, with God or obtain grace for us. For this happens only through faith. That is when we believe our sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. Who alone is the mediator and who reconciles the Father? Whoever imagines that he can accomplish this by works or that he can merit grace despises Christ and seeks his own way to God, contrary to the gospel. This teaching about faith is plainly and clearly treated by Paul in many passages, especially Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not by your own doing. It is a gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. That no new interpretation is here introduced and can be demonstrated from Augustine, who discusses this question thoroughly and teaches the same thing, namely that we obtain grace and are justified before God through faith in Christ and not by our works. And that is uh, one of his whole books. I'm not going to be able to read that Latin word. <laughs> Uh, although this teaching is held in great contempt among untried people, yet it is a matter of experience that weak and terrified consciences find it most comforting and salutary. This conscience cannot come to rest and peace through works, it, but only through faith. That is when it is assured and knows that Christ's sake it has a gracious God. First, Paul writes in Romans 5, 1, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. In former times, this comfort was not heard in preaching, but poor consciences were driven to rely on their own efforts and all sorts of works were undertaken. Some were driven by their conscience into the monasteries and hope that they might merit grace through a monastic life. Others devised other works for the purpose of earning grace and making satisfaction for sins. Many of them discovered that they could not obtain peace by such means. It is therefore necessary to preach this doctrine for faith in Christ and diligently to apply it in order that man may know that the grace of God is appropriated without merits through faith alone. Instruction is also given among us to show that this that the faith here is spoken of is not possessed by the devil or the ungodly, but also believe the history of Christ's suffering and the resurrection of the dead. But we mean such true faith believes that we receive grace and forgiveness of sin through Christ. Whoever knows that in Christ he he has a gracious God, truly knows God, calls upon him, and is not like the heathen without God. For the devil and the ungodly do not believe this article concerning the forgiveness of sin, and they are at en enmity with God and cannot call upon him, and have no hope for receiving good from him. Therefore, as has just been indicated, the scriptures speak of faith and do not mean by which such knowledge of the devil and ungodly men possess. Hebrews 11.1 1 teaches about faith in such a way that it makes it clear that faith is not merely a knowledge of historical events, but is the confidence of God in the fulfillment of his promises. Augustine also reminds us that we would understand the word faith in the scriptures 
to mean confidence in God, assurance that God is gracious to us, and not merely such a knowledge of historical events as the devil also possesses. It is also taught among us that good works should and must be done, not that we are to rely on them to earn grace, but that we may do God's will and glorify him. It is also faith alone that apprehends grace and forgiveness of sin. When, through faith, the Holy Spirit is given, the heart is moved to do good works. Before that, when it was without the Holy Spirit, the heart is too weak. Moreover, it is the power of the devil who drives poor human beings into many sins. We see this in the philosophers who took, uh, who undertook to lead honorable and blameless lives. They failed to accomplish this and instead fall into many great and open sins. This is what happens when man is without true faith and the Holy Spirit governs himself by his own human strength alone. Consequently, this teaching concerns faith is not to be accused of forbidding good works, but also rather to be preached and to be praised for teaching that good works are to be done and for offering help as to how they may be done. For without faith and without Christ, human nature and human strength are much too weak to do good works. Call upon God, have patience in suffering, love one's neighbor, diligently engaging in callings in which we are commanded. Render obedience, avoid lust, etc., etc. Such great and genuine works cannot be done without the help of Christ. As he himself says in John 15, 5, Apart from me, you can do nothing. That will conclude that article like i said it's a little bit longer um but uh there's just a lot that was going on in terms of how uh melanchthon had to answer uh essentially the questions posed to him by uh the people who orchestrated this diet again go back and listen to that episode on the history of augsburg because then you'll see a little bit more context and purpose behind this confession so uh, the final article, Article 21, um, in this section, before we get into the matters of, dispution, of dispute uh, in the next portion here, uh, this final article is the Cult of Saints, and let's get into it. It is taught among us that saints should be kept in remembrance so that our faith may be strengthened when we see what grace has received and how they were sustained by faith. Moreover, their good works are to be an example for us, and each of us in his own calling. So his imperial majesty may in salutary and, good and godly fashion imitate the example of David in making war on the Turk, for both are incompetence of royal office, which demands the defense and protection of their subjects. Moreover, it cannot be proved from the scriptures that we are to invoke saints or seek help from them. For this, for there is one mediator between God and man, and that is Christ Jesus, Paul writes in 1 Timothy 2.5, who is the only Savior and the highest and the only high priest, advocate, and intercessor before God, Paul writes in Romans 8.34. He alone is promised to hear our prayers. Moreover, according to the scriptures, the highest form of the divine service is, is sincerely to seek and call upon his name, Jesus Christ, every time of need. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That is 1 John 2, 1. This is just about a summary of the doctrines that are preached and taught in our churches for proper Christian instruction. The consolation of consciences and the amendment of believers. Certainly, we would not wish to put our own... 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Own souls and consciences in grave peril before God by misusing his name or word. Nor should we wish to bequeath to our children the posterity any other teaching that than that which agrees with the pure word of God and the Christian truth. Since this teaching is grounded clearly in the Holy Scriptures and is not contrary or opposed to that of the universal Christian church, even when or, or even of the Roman church, in so far as the latter's teaching is reflected in the writings of the fathers, we think that our opponents cannot disagree with us in these articles set forth. Therefore, those who presume to reject, avoid, or separate from our churches as our teachings are, were heretical, act in any unkind or hasty fashion contrary to all Christian unity and love, and do so without any solid basis of divine command or scripture. The dispute and dissension is often are concerned chiefly with the various traditions and abuses. Since then, there is nothing unfounded or defective in the principal articles, and since this is our confession, is seen to the godly and to the Christian, the bishops should in all fairness act more leniently. Even if there were some def uh, defect among us to regard Traditions, although we hope to offer firm grounds here and the reasons why we have changed certain traditions or abuses. All right, so now we move into kind of the section, second section. It says the matters of dispute in which the account has been given and abuses of the abuses which have been corrected. Um, this is a little bit longer section, so I'm not going to read through all of it just for time's sake. There is a ton of 
content here. So if you want to go and read, I'm just going to read a few lines from each. If you want to go and read more, you can get the uh, Book of Concord online for free and you can dig into um, uh, in, into the content and dig deeper if you choose to do so. From the above, it is manifest that nothing is taught in our churches concerning the articles of faith that is contrary to the Holy Scriptures or that it is common to the Christian church. However, in so much as some abuses have been corrected, some of these abuses have crept into the over the years, and others have had them been uh, of them having been introduced with violence. We are obligated by our circumstances to give an account of them and to indicate our reasons for permitting changes in these cases in order that your imperial majesty may perceive that we have not acted in unchristian or frivolous manner, but have compiled but have been complied by God, compi- uh, compelled by God's command, which is rightly to be regarded as above all custom to such change to allow such changes. All right, so we get into the next article. This would be Article Twenty Two. Both kinds of the sacrament. Uh, again, this is this one's not too terribly long, but we'll uh, we won't get too deep into all the sacramental stuff yet. Among us, both kinds are given to the layman in the sacrament. The reason is that there is a clear command in order and order of Christ, drink of it, all of you, Matthew 26, 27. Concerning the chalice, Christ here commands with clear words that we should all drink of it in order that no one might question these words and interpret them as they only apply to priests. Paul shows in 1 Corinthians eleven two. That the whole assembly in the congregation of Corinth received both kinds. Uh, this usage continued in the church for a long time, as can be demonstrated from history and through the writings of the fathers. In several places, Cyprian mentions uh, that the cup was given to laymen at this time. St. Jerome also states that priests were, who administered the sacrament distributed the blood of Christ to the people. Pope Galatius himself ordered the the sacrament was to not be divided not a single canon can be found in which requires a reception only of one kind neither uh, nobody knows when or where or through whom this custom of receiving only one kind was introduced although there are some mentions by various cardinals it is evident that such a custom introduced to contrary to God's command is also contrary to the ancient canons is unjust. According to, according, it is not proper to burden the conscience of those who desire to observe the sacrament because of Christ's institution or to compel them to act contrary to the arrangement of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this particular uh, article is, is saying that if you partake in the Lord's Supper, you are to eat the bread and drink the wine. Do not do one or do the other. It is given is commanded by Christ to eat of it and to drink of it. So if you're in a church and the priests give you the bread, but then they drink the wine, you need to find a new church. The the marriage of the priests, this is an interesting one because again, we see kind of the contrary to the Catholic faith in this time period where they, the monks and various Catholic priests were not allowed to marry. Uh, so Lutherans decided that we needed to discuss this in deeper uh, authority and revert back to the word of God and say that marriage is a blessing. Among all people, both of high and low degree, 
There's also been a loud complaint throughout the world concerning the the fragrant immortality and the desolate life of priests who were not able to remain uh, continent and who went so as far to engage in abominable vices. So this is, again, a means that priests can uh, use in marriage, and that way they're not being enticed or drawn into lustful desires uh, uh, and committing heinous sins outside of marriage. In order to avoid such unbecoming offenses of idolatry and other lechery, some of the priests have entered the married state. They have given as their reason that they have been implied and moved to take this step by great distress of their consciences, especially since scriptures clearly assert that the estate of marriage was instituted by God to avoid immorality. For Paul says, because of the temptations of immorality, each man should have his own wife, 1 Corinthians 7, 2. And again, it is better to marry than to be aflame with passion, 1 Corinthians 7, 9. So this is a little bit longer of an article. We won't read through all of it, but uh, it's essentially asserting that Marriage by a priest is okay. The Mass, this is an interesting one here. It's, again, a very long article. We won't dig through all of it, but we will uh, assert a few lines here. We are unjustly accused of having abolished the Mass. Without boasting, it is manifest that the Mass is observed among us with greater devotion and more earnestness than among our opponents. Moreover, the people who are instructed often and with great diligence concerning the Holy Sacrament, why it was instituted and how it is to be used, namely as a comfort for terrified consciences, in order that the people may be driven to the communion of Mass, and the people are also given instruction about other false teaching concerning the sacrament. And so they continue on, uh, jumping down and going over the fact that they did not just do away with the mass entirely. In fact, they, uh, you, you could say they did a revamping to it. They uh, went back to the early church and looked at the structure of liturgy that the early church used and removed some of the ridiculousness that the Roman church had in place in this. Uh, so now we've got uh, Article 25. This is Confession. And this is, again, another little bit longer one, but we will just touch base on a few pieces here. Confession has not been abolished by the preachers on our side. The custom has been retained among us that of not administering the sacrament of those who have been previously been examined or absolved. So this is a, 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 a debate um, in the church today, even uh, on the use of confession in the Roman church. You obviously had to go sit in a confession booth and confess your, your sins to a priest. And then they would tell you, go do, you know, 10 hail Marys and pray your Rosemary 36 times or whatever it is. All ridiculousness. You don't have any of that construct in scripture, but what we do see over and over is if we admit uh, our sins, God who is gracious and loving will forgive us of those sins. And so in the Lutheran church, we open our service with a corporate announcement of our sins and delivering those to God in order to receive his word of forgiveness upon us. Confession is not to be done away with, but it is something that should be cherished in the church and giving back to the parishioner, the congregant to have that truth, that promise that Christ has forgiven their sins. All right. Uh, 
Article 26, the distinction of foods and former, again, another one, we're long one, we're just going to read through a few. In former times, men taught, preached, and wrote that distinctions among foods and similar traditions, which have been instituted by men, serve to earn grace and make satisfaction of sin. For this reason, new fasts, new ceremonies, new orders, and the like are, were invented daily and were uh, evidently and ungently promoted as if those were a necessity to the service of God by means of which grace would be earned if they were observed and great sin would be committed if they were omitted. And so they go on in the article to say and renounce all of these that you do not need to adhere to the Jewish teachings or any of the church's teachings in terms of, you know, allotted feasts and suppers. And, and by church, I mean those who try and find you know, I'd say the false church because you you're, they're asserting a works-based system to earn salvation or earn merit or earn grace with God. These churches were not, you know, or, or they're they're basically in opposition to God's word. We see in Acts chapter ten, Peter's given the revelation that all foods are made clean. Paul argues that in Romans that it doesn't matter if you're a strong Christian or a weak Christian. And if you're a weak Christian and you, you know, you still, and he's speaking to the Jewish Christians here, if you still adhere to certain feasts or festivals, then, you know, that is not a big deal. And as the strong Christian, we shouldn't come in and try and, you know, hammer them down because of their beliefs in that. It doesn't matter whether you view a certain feast or not. If you want to, you're free to do so as a Christian. If you don't want to, you are free to do so as a Christian. All right, two more articles before we end the show. Again, we're just going to breeze through these last couple because they're pretty long. Uh, monastic views, and this is discussing monastic views. Uh, it is necessary to begin with considering the opinions have hereinto been held concerning with them what kind of life is lived in the monasteries and how many and how many of them daily observations of them were contrary not only to the word of God but also to the papal canons. In the days of St. Augustine, monastic life was voluntary. Later, when true discipline and doctrine had been corrupted, monastic views were invented, and the attempt was made to restore discipline as means of those vows as well as well uh, as well and well-conceived prison. So, again, they continue to go on and describe and, de and essentially debate this particular position, but it does not mean you're going to earn any more favor or merit with God. If you go into the service of him, whether it's a priest uh, or in some of the rare instances that monks are still pre present to be a monk or to go into the monastery or anything like that, you are free to choose what to do in your life. You're not held bound or to go into do anything in addition to. Uh, and the final one, before we get to the conclusion, the power of the bishops, again, this is um, one that they argue because the Roman church had much power and abused such power. So many and various things have been written in the form of times about the power of bishops, and some are improperly confused the power of bishops with the temporal sword. So this article then goes on to articulate and, and lay out the position of the bishop and the power that the bishop wields. And what the power of the early church has. The church, in a sense, has more power than the bishop does. So go on and read 
that particular article. Again, these are just matters that have been disputed and have been articulated and, and fixed in uh, the Lutheran churches. And uh, of these handful of articles at the end of the, con- the original confession, there are, you know, they're extensively written. So please, by all means, if you're interested in reading more, go and do so. So here's the conclusion of the confession. Uh, These are the chief articles that are regarded as controversial. Although we may have mentioned many more abuses and wrongs to avoid proxility and undue length, we have indicated only the principal ones. The ones can readily be weighed in light of these. The others can be readily. Uh, In the past, there have been grave compliments about indulgences, pilgrimages, misuses of the ban, Parish ministers also having endless quarrels with monks about hearing of confessions, about burials, about sermons and special occasions, and about countless other matters. All of these things were discreetly passed over for the common good in order that the chief points at issue may be perceived. It must also be taught that anything that has been said or introduced out of hatred or for the purpose of injuring anybody we have related only matters in which we have considered it necessary to abduce and mention in order that we may uh, made it clear that we have introduced nothing, either, either in doctrine or in ceremonies, that is contrary to the Holy Scripture or the Universal Christian Church. For it is manifest and evident to speak without boasting that we have diligently and with God's help prevented any new or and godless teaching from creeping into our churches and gaining the upper hand in them. In keeping the summons, we have desired to present the above articles as a declaration of our confession and the teaching of our preachers. If anyone should consider that it is lacking in some respect, we are ready to present further information on the basis of the divine holy scriptures. Your imperial majesty's most obedient servants... And here are the authors. John, the Duke of Saxony, he was elector. Uh, we have George, uh, Marigrave of Brandenburg, uh, Ernest, Duke of uh, Lunenburg, Philip, Landgrave of Hesse, John Frederick, Duke of Saxony, Francis, Duke of Lunenburg, Wolfgang, Prince of Anhalt, Mayor and Council of Neumannburg, Mayor and Councilor of uh, Rutlingen, that <laughs> German word that I can't pronounce. So that will conclude our walk through the confessions. Again, we're going to dig into the articles uh, or the, the apology next, and we're going to dig into those articles in a much deeper uh, understanding. Again, some of them we'll, we'll be able to pass through. Some of them we'll probably have to take some more time working with. But I hope you guys are enjoying the series. If you are, please let me know. Share this uh, show with other people on your social media pages. Uh, Tag me in them if you can. I would love to do so. And I hope you guys, uh, like I said, are being edified by this and learning something about the Lutheran faith. If you guys have any questions, by all means, DM me. If you need me to clarify anything, please do so. And I will spend an episode answering questions and doing it as such, probably at the end of this series. So until next week, uh, again, for, uh, episodes dropping every Tuesday and Friday. Friday this week, we will dig into uh, some more of Ecclesiastes, but uh, we will be wrapping that up pretty quick as we only have a couple episodes left in that series. So until then, guys, have a great week. God bless, and we'll see you later.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.